episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Zephyr CMS. It's a modern cloud-based CMS system that's licensed only to agencies. You can find them at ZephyrCMS.com. More about this later in the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is Chris Shumbra. He is a keynote speaker, Broadway producer, sought-after-dinner host, an entrepreneurial advisor whose passion lies in facilitating profound human connection in a deeply disconnected world. So, Chris, thanks for joining me. John, I've been a, a big fan of yours for so many years, and you bring such great value to the world through your books and podcasts and teachings, so it's an honor to be here. Well, thank you. I do believe that we have a first on duct tape marketing. I've never had a sought-after-dinner host. I'm certain of it. <laughs> Well, you, you know, you go back to um, kind of the, the Latin origination of the word company to begin with, and it's it's companis. Com means together and panis means bread. So the, the ancient folks somehow got it right that if you want to do good business together, you should probably break bread around the dinner table. Yeah, so uh, many people may not be uh, familiar with your story, which is obviously uh, a, a huge part of this book we're going to talk about, uh, Gratitude and Pasta. But uh, maybe uh, start by telling us a little bit about um, 747 and how that was formed and, and what it is you're doing there. And, and really kind of your journey to this point, I guess. Yeah, my you know my, my journey, um, the story for this, this talk starts in July of 2015. At the time, to set the scene, I was a, uh, I was a, I was a Broadway producer. I had the, you know, the jail, rehab, suicide, depression on the resume. We were achieving great things. But somehow, one day, I woke up and realized theater is not it. It was July of 2015. We had just come back from Italy after producing a Broadway play over there. And when we got back to New York, I realized I essentially felt four things. Lonely, unfulfilled, disconnected, insecure. Theater was great, but it wasn't it. So in that in that dark period of time, I found myself just fiddling with food in my kitchen and accidentally created a pasta sauce recipe and figured I should probably feed it to people to see if it's even good or not. And we started hosting dinners. And week after week after week, 18 folks would come to our home and we'd cook them some pasta sauce. We'd delegate some specific tasks. We'd empower them to work together to serve each other, to create the meal. And a ritual began. And what we observed was by getting people to work together, by creating that safe space, by creating the intention of connection and energy and all that kind of soft stuff, you'd actually set the stage to have some pretty neat conversations. And at every dinner, we would ask the same question. If you could give credit or thanks to one person in your life that you don't give enough credit or thanks to, who would that be? And we saw people's stories come alive. Um, so eventually we realized we were damn good at doing that. And so we built an entire company around the idea of you know, producing dinners uh, and you know helping people build community. We have a simple metric for success at every dinner. 
If less than six people cry, we consider it a failed night. And and that that's our goal. <laughs> so so how intentional was this? You know, obviously with the lens of hindsight, you can look back and say, we did this and we did that. But I mean, how much of it did you just sort of stumble onto or or why did you even sort of give it so much intention? So for the first half a year from, you know, July of 2015, we just started kind of hosting dinners and no real intention other than I was lonely because I'd just broken up with a girlfriend. My my boss, who's kind of like a partner, he had just gotten married. So all of a sudden I was pretty much alone. And so it it just it just started as a way to help myself. And then I actually realized it started helping others. Um, and so the only real intention started when I finally left the theater job just to say, what should I do next? And the first thing that popped up was the dinner table. So we said, all right, might as well give this a shot. I don't know what the shot is, but let's just keep doing dinners. When you did these for a while, uh, was there a point where stuff started happening, benefits started accruing you know, for you that you started saying, hey, this is not just making me not lonely. <laughs> this is actually producing opportunity. I think, well, I think the, the first thing um, to not brush over is that it actually saved my life. Um, my greatest childhood insecurity is that I'm always the last one called to the party. My my invite is always somehow lost in the mail. It's it's pretty much guaranteed. I'm always being forgotten about. So we orchestrated or architected an experience in which we could create the party and the people could come to us. And that single-handedly saved my life. But then we started realizing that we were, God, we were being, you know, uh, Neat people were coming to the dinner table that we would have never thought we would ever meet. We set a pretty specific and intentional rule. The first time you come, you come alone. The second time you come, you bring a friend. After that, you're eligible to nominate someone. And so a lot of what I learned from your book, The Referral Engine, we put into the dinner table where, yeah, if you're inviting someone back for a great experience, they're going to think about who's the best person in their life that they can invite. So our network was just growing exponentially. Yeah, you you, you didn't want to bring a dud, right? <laughs> no. So we were meeting the best people in people's lives. Yeah. If they had one invitation to send out, that was going to a super stud. Yeah. So gratitude in general, which really these dinners were kind of based on, um, is really a hot topic and certainly in business circles. I mean, you you know, obviously it's it's always had a place on the, you know, the yoga blog or something. But but now you're seeing it in Forbes and Inc. And I mean, why do you think that that is? I think people are starving for connection now more than ever before. Right. We live in a world where 51 percent of the American workforce reports being lonely on a consistent basis. That's unfortunately equivalent to the reduction of lifespan of smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Seven years off your life. So loneliness and disconnection is quantifiably a you know, multi-trillion dollar health crisis. And luckily, PwC proved that for every dollar you spend 
on employee emotional well-being yields $2.30 back in productivity. So people realize that we've gone too digital, too disconnected, too gobbling up for new clients and all that kind of new stuff. Then now we got to go a little bit self, you know, back. We got to self-correct a little bit. So gratitude gratitude is important because it's a subset of emotional intelligence. Right? Emotional intelligence has been proven that you know top performers have high EQ. You know, you could have good IQ and you could have good technical skills, but none of it compares to the earning ability of having good emotional intelligence. So I want to get into the book and the structure of these dinners and really what, you know, the whole purpose of this is. But I'm curious, I want to back up a little bit. When you would ask people if you could give credit or thanks to one person in your life that you don't give enough credit or thanks to, who would it be? Who do they thank? 25.68% of people give credit and thanks to their mothers. Um. A lot of people give credit and thanks to their fathers, to their grandparents, to strangers, to friends. What we, what we hear are stories. So if you dissect the question, the gratitude question, we're not asking you around the dinner table. We're not asking you, what's your biggest fear? What's your biggest failure? What's your greatest regret? What are you 2020 goal? Those are what we call stump questions. You know, screw them. We ask this question to get pe- people to think outside themselves to something from their past. It helped them get to where they are today. And by asking them, who do you not thank? You're actually eliciting feelings of like regret and shame. Like, why haven't I thanked my dog? Why haven't I thanked my third grade teacher? So you hear a lot of stories of people you know, personal liberation, people overcoming fear, people looking at relationships in a whole new way. Someone will give credit and thanks to their mother where their mother was a bitch growing up. Their mother literally did not help them growing up. But that relationship and the pressure between that, you know, those two individuals that gave them the chip on the shoulder to want to succeed, right? It's all these kind of different things. Yeah, yeah. So you eventually, uh, or over time, you know, kind of perfected your recipe for this and, you know, I'm sure started adding things and, you know, even rules, if you will. Um, and and so you you outline it in the book as kind of almost like a three-act play, uh, borrowing from your theater background, I'm, I'm assuming. So can, can you... Uh, because uh, because ultimately what you're doing in this book is saying people ought to be doing this, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so can you construct kind of the 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 acts, I guess? Uh, yeah, you know, of course. In, in high level version of the acts. Of course. So so the thought leadership piece is if you're sitting there and relationships is your well being, relationships is your entire life, and you're just bored of like the old networking and the old going to conferences and the chicken dinners and all that kind of stuff. Let's do something different. Invite people to your home, get them to cook together, create a safe space for connection, ask some crazy questions, and you're going to end up knowing more about them and creating more lasting loyalty than you ever have before in your life. So we think of this experience literally as, as a three act play, as John said, 
the first act is just thinking about who you want to invite, why they're important for your life, where you're going to do it, etc. Your work begins the moment they receive the invitation because it's very important to keep iterating reminder emails and you know details of what they can expect from the experience so that by the time they arrive you've already done the foreplay you've already done you know they come with a bottle of wine in hand prepared to connect and they're going to arrive at 6:30 p.m. sharp long gone are the days when you tell people they can arrive when they want and leave when they want no you show up at 6:30 p.m. sharp or you don't get fed. And so so act 2, you know, act 1 is the arrivals and the cocktail hour and everybody's just casually mingling and connecting and all that stuff. Act 2 begins with the delegated tasks and shared activities. These are actually um very orchestrated, very detail oriented that get people working together to serve each other which allows you to sit down and really create a, a you know a, a connected experience and act 3 begins at a very specific process at a very specific point in the evening once you've done the work then you can bring in gratitude so you ask this gratitude question and that really sets the scene for people to go around answering it popcorn style in a as a big group format and that really really creates some amazing you know emotion as we said before if less if less than six people cry we consider it a failed night it's all because of that gratitude question yeah and 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 the book by the way has very detailed you know not only what to do but why it it's important to do it which i think a lot of people you know sometimes need because i think there's some real background behind like you just mentioned this show up it's like 30 sharp i mean there's a very sort of intentional what you're trying to create with with doing that. So um so get 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 the book if you want to know the why behind some of this. You know today content is everything. So our websites are really content management systems, but they've got to work like one. Check out Zephyr. It is a modern cloud-based CMS system that's licensed only to agencies. It's really easy to use. It's very fast. It uh, won't mess with your SEO. I mean, it really reduces the time and effort to to launch uh, your client's websites. Beautiful themes, just really fast, profitable way to go. They include an agency services to really kind of make a, them your plug and play dev shop. Check out zephyr.com. That is z e p h y r cms.com. So, should is it your opinion that everybody should be doing this? No. <laughs> I I don't think I think that there is will sometimes I'm going to put pressure on it. I I think that um I think that you can really screw up a lot of your relationships if you do something like this with the wrong intention. If you look at this as a a uh, tool to calculate conversion and ROI and greater referrals and that you shouldn't you shouldn't if that's how you look at life you shouldn't look at this you know like that you shouldn't even touch this this dinner this dinner is built for the people who genuinely want to help the people in their life transform 
when you can have 18 of your closest friends or colleagues or partners or clients, whatever, come together, put their phones down. Don't worry about what you do, but just come to connect. If you do that with this intention, the rest will follow. So it's got to be giving first and then comes the referrals. Um, so it's not for the people. It's not for the sharks that are takers. You know, it's not for the people who just want to walk around saying, what do you do and how can you help me? Networking means, I think networking means the people that you meet have something to give you. Connecting means the people you meet, you have something to give them. Have you, in the course of doing this, I'm sure you've experienced a little of everything. I mean, have you have you experienced some cases where people just weren't a fit? They weren't there for the right reason. They didn't understand it. it they were awkward. They were uncomfortable. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure you've seen everything. So the... Um, so there are, there are times, now that it's become a business, there are times when I get to bring people, but the majority of the times are when our clients bring their people. So our clients are pulling together 18 partners or investors, etc. And so I can't always control who walks, who walks through that door. Someone could walk through that door after having the worst day in their life, but... That's why we're such sticklers for people following this model, this, this system, because it really, if you do it right, it really takes the ego out and it you know, levels the playing field and it allows even the, the worst chips on the block to come have a connected experience. Um, so we used to focus on curation. Now we just focus in on the experience. You mentioned a couple of times, and I know in the book uh, you have even diagrams of you know seating charts and things of that nature. You've mentioned like eighteen people. Um, that's a lot of people to have, uh, you know, in, in you know one place. That's a lot of people to feed. That's a lot of people to seat. Is that is that a uh, in your estimation? Is that the number it takes, or could you do you know an, an eight you know dinner for eight kind of thing? You could definitely do. Um, any interpretation of this book that you want? And, and it's, it's a great question. Um, we found that the size of 18, there is a great power in that community. So you're a person, you're sitting at the dinner table with 17 other strangers. And then this you know, short, short little guy from South Carolina asks you a question about gratitude. Well, if there were only four people in that group and you've just already met everybody and you work together, there it might be too small of a group for you to be as vulnerable as you want to be. And so when it's 18, as opposed to 12, as opposed to 24, when it's 18, it's just perfect that you probably haven't met the people across the table, but it's small enough that you can share what you want to share and they're going to listen. And so if you have 24, it's just a little too big. You know, if you have 24 people, you can't spend two to three minutes per person going around the table answering that question. So it's it's just that perfect number. So where are you going with all this? So ultimately, over the course of the next 20 years, you know, our goal is to continue diving into the space that 
taking care of your emotional well-being, taking care of the relationships in your life by bringing emotion into those relationships will ultimately be good for personal and professional development. So over the next couple of years, we're just focusing in on creating experiences. We're known for our 18-person dinners. We're known for our 800-person dinners. We're known for going in and giving keynotes, etc. So this year, the book comes out, and that's the first you know type of product. Uh, within the next two to three years, we'll uh, come out with online courses, helping really teach these principles and and you know letting people be part of an online community to mastermind together. Over the next five to ten years, we'll come up with uh, come out with executive coaching to really be able to treat these founders on a personal one-on-one level. Um, but so, yeah, it just slowly continues as a, a little coaching and training company that, uh, you know, is focused in on helping create connection because that's what's missing, I think, the most in this world. I thought for sure it was going to be gluten-free pasta was going to be the first <laughs> You know what? But the interesting thing is, John, when we when we have people come to the dinner table who come in saying, I never eat gluten. I hate gluten. But they're not they're not celiac. They just dislike gluten. But when they have fresh homemade pasta, it does more for their heart to indulge and connect than the negative it does for the belly to eat gluten. Yeah, yeah, totally. I I was just throwing that out randomly anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a gluten hater. So uh Chris, where can people find out more? I know there's a website, uh, Gratitude and Pasta, but uh, where would you invite people to come and uh, find out more? Yeah, gratitudeandpasta.com is the uh, the main link. And, and through there, you'll, you'll get to learn a lot about the book and all the press that's come out. And uh, Forbes magazine, as of the day that we're recording this podcast, is just named it as the number two book of 2020 to spark human connection. So you can go purchase it on Amazon and uh, ride in with any thoughts, questions, or concerns. Awesome. Well, thanks. It was great uh, catching up with you again, Chris, and hopefully we'll run into you soon uh, someday out there on the road. I appreciate it, John. Thanks for having us. 